Look at your neighbor and say, don't sell out. I choose freedom over slavery. I choose freedom over bondage. I choose freedom. But you know, there's many that'll sell out. You give me this and then I, I, I'll let you do what you want to. Come on. What, what is your soul worth? Many of them, I wouldn't take anything for that. But what about our freedom? What about our rights? What about our rights? We're not talking about just Americans, but as a Christian. Come on. The devil is after your freedom. Well, I can't stop them from coming to church. So I'll just distract them when they get there. I can't stop them, but but I'll just get them to not sing. I'll just try to get them not to lift their hand. I'll just try. He wants to just little by little take away even their rights, and we're going to look at a lot of those rights as a Christian. I and mean, what can I do in the church? Now, there's a lot of things you can do in this church you can't do in other churches. Amen. We're free. We're free to worship. We're free. You know, I mean, there's a lot of places you went in. If you clapped your hands, you'd be the only one clapping. Everybody turn around and look at you. What in the world's wrong with you? If you were to lift your hand, <laughs> hey, thank God. And you know what? That's okay. Listen, every, that's what America's about. Having the right to worship. That's where it all started. We wanted the right to worship the way we wanted to without somebody dictating how we did it. So if you sit quietly, if you're loud, if you stand, if you sit, listen, we want to make sure that our heart is worshiping. But we live in America where we're free to do it the way we want to. Amen. But there's a lot. There's, but the devil wants to take away our freedom. But I'm just here to tell you today, don't sell out. Don't sell your freedom. Come on. Here's I'm going to give you a few quotes. The first one, today we're going to talk about uh, that how men and women, listen, they'd rather die free than live slaves. We just came uh, from, uh, from Israel, and they're in Masada. That is just a, a crazy uh, story. And you see where they built this beautiful palace, and the technology is ridiculous. The, 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 the bath houses, the, the way they made these stone pillars, and they would make the stick, they had big old ovens outside and pumping heat, and it would cause the water to go up on top and drip. And I mean, it was a mo- it was modern day steam house thousands of years ago. I mean, the technology was amazing. So, this place, all of a sudden, when the Romans came in, all the Jews, many of them fled, and they ended up at Masada, top of a mountain. And Finally, the Romans made their way, and they got there, and they began to fight. And they fought, and they fought, and they fought. And they realized, this is the last day. We have no more fight left. They're right here. Tomorrow, they're coming in. And they got all the people, and they took a vote. And they said, we'd rather die free than be a slave to our enemy." So they picked 12 men, and out of that 12, they drew to one man, ended up with, the I don't know if it was the lucky or the unlucky number. Those 12 men killed everyone else, killed one another, and the last man killed himself. The next morning when the Romans came in, 
they found them all already gone. It's tragic. It's a horrible story, a part of our of history, to think of those things like that going on. But they said we had rather die free at our own hands than to because the Romans were cruel. It would have been a horrible, horrible experience. And uh, so we, we just, just coming from that and hearing that, but looking at what's going on in our world, in our nation, looking at what's going on in the spirit world and what the devil is trying to do, I'm, t- I'm telling you, we're, we're, we're selling out to Jesus. Amen. We're not going to be a slave to sin. We're not going to give in to the crowd. But we've got to come back and look at some, some, of, some of history and look at what people have it's from all different parts of life. Amen. This, this one said, this is uh, Mark Twain. My, my kind of loyalty was loyalty to one's country, not to its office holders. Loyalty is a feature in a boy's character that inspires boundless hope. That was Sir Robert Baden, the founder of Boy Scouts. Our 26th president. Anybody know who that was? That was Theodore Roosevelt. It is better to be faithful than famous. Ooh, could we, could, could we not preach that in Hollywood today? That wouldn't go over very well, would it? Because people today will do, they'll be unfaithful to be famous. Unscrupulous to be famous. Lie, cheat, steal, whatever. Come on, it's better to be faithful than to be famous. Our second president. You may know who that was. John Adams. Did, did, uh, any, any, did anybody take history? Hey, I'm not judging. If I didn't have it written down, I wouldn't know it either. That's been a long time ago. It should be your care, therefore and mind. To elevate the minds of our children and exalt their courage. To accelerate and animate their industry and activity. To excite them in a habitual contempt of meanness. Abhorrence of injustice and humanity. And an ambition to excel in every capacity, faculty, and virtue. Amen. Is that still our desire for our young people? To press them and push them forward to excellence. Amen. To see injustice and inhumanity and immorality. And say that's not the way to go. Our 28th president, Woodrow Wilson, said loyalty but means nothing less. It has at its heart the absolute principle of self-sacrifice. But we live in a world where it's all about self. I don't want to sacrifice nothing. I want everything for myself without having to sacrifice anything. It's not the way the world works, is it? We, We find a story in 1 Kings chapter number 21. And uh, I'm going to read a little bit, but I'm just going to tell it to you. So you just just listen to me. So we have, uh, during this time, we have Jezebel and King Ahab in control. They're running things, and they are wicked. And it's not good. And Ahab is just running amok, and he's just doing whatever he wants and taking what he wants. And he has his eye set on this beautiful vineyard. It is gorgeous. It is well kept. It is manicured. It's got some of the most beautiful grapes. And he can just imagine. And he's, he wants it. 
So he goes to Naaman, Na- Na- Naboth, and he says, I want, to, I want it. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house. And I will give thee a better vineyard than it. Or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of in money. And Nadab and Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. King Ahab said, Naboth, I want your land. It's close to my house. It's convenient. I like it and I want it. Give it to me. Now, I'll give you something in place of it or I'll give you some money for it. But this was his inheritance. We saw over there in Israel, there's hardly no houses for sale. There's hardly no land for sale. Because they they pass it from generation to generation. It's inheritance. Most of the families live together. They build their houses in stories. The more kids you have, the more stories you have. Everybody just lives together. Sons, sons stay with the mother. Daughters go uh, with their husbands. And uh, son gets married, builds another, another story. Lives, lives in, and it's, it's passed down from generation. This was Naboth's inheritance. It came from his fathers and his grandfather and his great-grandfather. He said, this is my land. Listen, we have some things inherited, amen, by our forefathers that we can stand today and say one nation under God. Amen, it's our inheritance, but somebody's wanting to take it away. And Naboth said, no. God forbid that I should give away in my inheritance. <laughs> you got to go read this later. So Ahab, I got to read this one verse. It's just hilarious. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. Now hold up. What what was the word that Naboth said? No. And he acted just like some of your kids do when you say no. They ain't heard it very much. Ahab, nobody ever said no to him. And he goes to his house. And he laid down upon his bed and he turned away his face and he would eat no bread. What's that sound like? That sounds like a little temper tantrum. He's mad. He didn't get what he wanted. And Jezebel came in and said, what's wrong with you? Why are you so, why is your spirit sad? Why won't you eat any bread? And he said, because Naboth said no. And he won't give me his land. And I said, I'll get it, but I want it. And Jezebel said, get up and eat some bread. I'll get it for you. You can have, she said, she said, aren't you the king? Just take it. See, that's the, that's the spirit that we're living in right now in America. You don't have to work for it. Just take it. It don't matter what, if it's yours or not. If you want it, just take it. See, that's what happens when you... <laughs> I feel so sharp preaching. 
I was going to try to be nice today. We're going to eat fried chicken and homemade ice cream. I don't want to upset nobody's stomach. But when you cannot put in the school, thou shalt not steal, kids just want to take stuff that don't belong to them. When you can't teach them, thou shalt not kill, that's why they're going to come in there and start shooting everything up. If somebody had a taught them that you don't kill, that life is precious. Amen. People, they would be killing millions of babies. Amen. When they realize, thou shalt not kill. But we can't, we, we can't talk about that. We can't put the Ten Commandments up. We can't teach that in school. We can't do all that. And then we wonder why, where our freedom is going. Our freedom, we, they're, they're, freedom is waning. Freedom is leaving. I mean, we've got a little bit, but what we have, we better stand up and say, No, you're not taking what I got. Naboth said, No, it's my inheritance. And Jezebel. This, this, was, this, this was a mean woman. But you reap what you sow. She hired two guys. and said, hey, go proclaim a fast. Go, go, go get in and have a, have a little prayer meeting and, a, you know, and pray and fast and seek the Lord. And then you come in and you say that Naboth blasphemed God and the king. What was the penalty for blasphemy? Death by stoning. So they did just that. Naboth has done nothing wrong. All Naboth said is, no, you can't have what's mine. It's mine. We work for it. My family worked for it. It's my inheritance. No. And Ahab had land everywhere. He could have anything he wanted. But he threw a fit and wouldn't eat and drink and just pouted. And, no. and his wife said, I'll get it for you. And so they did just that. They proclaimed the fast. He went down there. They came in. They said, he blasphemed God. They all grabbed him. They took him out. They stoned him to death. And she came to Ahab and said, hey, go get your vineyard. It's yours. And they lived happily ever after. You think? Well, we rock along. 2 Kings 9, 26. Because when he was going to his vineyard... God showed up and said, what are you doing? It's not yours. And when you took it, the same way you took it, your blood is going to be spilled on the same land that his was. You don't get away with stuff. It may look like it, but you're not getting away with that. Time may pass, and it may look like everything's going fine. But you get over in 2 Kings chapter 9 and verse number 26. And the Lord said, surely I have seen yesterday. Did you know what? Did you know God saw you yesterday? God doesn't forget what happened in the past. So maybe you've been wronged. Maybe you've been. You think that they they just got away with it? Come on, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Put people. Don't you try to get vengeance? You forgive. You let it go, and you go on about your business and serve the Lord. But the Lord remembers injustice. The Lord said, "I have seen yesterday the blood of Naboth." And the blood of his son, saith the Lord. And I will requite thee on this plat, saith the Lord. Now therefore take and cast him into the plat of ground according to the word of the Lord. And we know the end of Jezebel. They cast her body off the wall and the dogs licked up her blood. Listen, 
He said no. He had to give his life for it. But he stood his ground. Come on, stand your ground when it comes to your freedom. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Amen? We started out the service with a national anthem. We, we talked about Scott Keys, Francis Scott Keys, and, and what happened. It was January the 1st, 1776, on Prospect Hill near Boston. That old glory was first unfurled. This flag flew for freedom. Can you imagine? Here this uh, William Beans was taken captive. So Francis Keys, he's a, he's a lawyer, and he goes down to try to uh, negotiate his release. But instead, they capture him too. And they put them both in, in the hold of the ship. And from there, he watched as the bombs burst. He watched as a gunfire. All night, he could hear. I'm sure, I'm sure they weren't sleeping. And that next morning, when he saw that flag flying, have you ever, have you ever gone through a rough night and wondered what was going to happen in the morning. Am I going to be here in the morning? Am I going to make it through this? Is this what, what's going to happen tomorrow? But I'm telling you, when you wake up, amen, in that situation, and you see the flag of freedom still flying, amen, can I tell you this morning, as a child of God, amen, the Christian flag is still flying high. The cross has been lifted up. Jesus is still alive and well. It doesn't, what ha- doesn't matter what happens in this world. If all of our freedoms are taken away, amen, we're still going to declare up on a hill far away stood an old rugged cross. Pastors all over the world are going to jail. They're losing their head. They're dying for the gospel's sake. And if it ever comes to America, amen, what, amen, the, the very first one it said, we don't give loyalty, amen, to people. I give it to my country. People died for this country. Jesus died. Oh. Mm. Let me skip a whole bunch of pages because the ice cream freezers have stopped. <laughs> do, do, do you realize that? Let's give you a little history lesson. Do, do you realize how many wars have been fought? How many conflicts? How many. Uh, 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 listen, there's no, there's no such thing as a squirmish. <laughs> Uh, when people die, there's been a lot of bloodshed. The American Revolutionary War from 1775 to 1783, we lost 25,000 people. The Northwest Indian War, the Quasa War, the War of 1812, the First Seminole War, the Black Hawk War, Second Seminole War, American Mexican-American War, Third Seminole War, Civil War, Indian Wars, Great Sioux War. I don't have time to give you all the dates and how many people died. I'll tell you at the end. Spanish-American War, Philippine-American War, Boxer Rebellion, Mexican Revolution, Haiti Occupation, World War I, North Russian Campaign, American Expedition Force in Siberia, Nicaragua Occupation, World War II. Korean War, Vietnam War. How many Vietnam veterans do we have here this morning? Amen. Amen. We honor you. We honor you. 
Do we have anyone from the Korean War? How about World War II? <laughs> That's going on back there a little ways, isn't it? Yeah. The El Salvador Civil War. Beirut. Grenada. Panama. Persian Gulf War. Operation Provide Comfort from 91 to 96. The Somalia Intervention. Bosnia. NATO Air Campaign against Yugoslavia. Afghanistan. Still going. Iraq. Still going. In all of those wars, do you know how many people lost their life? One million three hundred and nineteen thousand seven hundred and twenty nine people gave their life so you and I can sit here today and worship without fear. So that this flag can still fly. That's why we don't throw it on the ground and burn it. This is why we don't stomp on it. This is why we stand and give honor. It I don't care what's going on in this world. A million three hundred nineteen thousand seven hundred twenty-nine people died. I honor it. Because I honor their blood and their sacrifice. As an American, listen, I, I'm not just a I'm not just a soft Silent American. I'm a proud American. And then I'm a Texan on top of that. That makes it worse. <laughs> but we have but, but we have in this church over 16 different nations. And you know what? I want you to do two things. I want you to be proud of your country and proud of your pride and proud of your heritage. And I want you to love America too. Amen. I don't just celebrate my freedom as an American. And that's what we do. Listen, it's, it's, it's more than uh, popping firecrackers and eating hot dogs and having a day off. You think about on July the 4th when we're doing all the things that we do. And now that's okay. But there's people standing at a wall looking at a father's name, a mother's name, a son's name, a daughter's name, a loved one's name. And they're mourning the loss of that. Come on, listen, we've got to honor that and honor our country. Oh, but not just that. I mean, I listen, as an American, I have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Anybody pursuing it? You can only find it in Jesus. Because I'm telling you, in America, you can find fame, you can find money, you can find fortune, and you can find all the things. But without Jesus, without the freedom that Christ brings, you can't truly be happy. So I have a Christian right. Come on, listen, up till during uh, uh, World War II, the Declaration of Independence was kept at Fort Knox. It was kept under, it it was guarded. But now it's displayed in the National Archives along with the Constitution. It's there. You can see it. 
But guess what? We carry a constitution with us all the time. And it gets dust. And we forget about it. And we don't honor it. But this is our Christian constitution. And it tells us who we are in Christ. And what we can do in Christ. And it tells us that we are whom the Son has set free is free indeed. I'm no longer a slave to sin. But I am free. But and I have the right. What does this Bible tell me to do? This morning we have the right to pray together. Because the Bible says they lifted their voice to God with one accord. Can I tell you? When we lift our voice in prayer. We're lifting up our voice not just with this church. But with the church around the world. And crying out to God. And God answers prayer. Don't stop praying. We have the right to lift our hands. Come on, but the Bible says in Psalm 132, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Can somebody just bless the Lord a minute? Father, we lift our hands. We bless you. We honor you. We surrender to you. We wave to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amy was talking about being friendly and waving. (laughs) Come on, can you just wave at the Lord? Good morning, Lord. How you doing? He's waving. He's waving back going, I see you. I love you. I see what you're going through. I'm concerned about you. Come on, we have the right to play music, instruments. All of the house of Israel played before the Lord on all manner of instruments. We have the right to clap and to shout unto God. Because the Bible says, oh, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto God with a voice of triumph. Can you just clap and say, praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. In many countries, you're not, don't be clapping, don't be making that loud noise. Let's just get together and let's talk quietly because the neighbors next door may hear and they may call the law. Because now in these countries, it's not only illegal, but they're saying if you see it and you don't report it, they're going to punish you the same way. And people are afraid and they're turning in their neighbors and their loved ones who they know are Christians. But we have a right. We have a right to dance before the Lord. Because the Bible says praise Him in the timbrel and the dance. Praise Him on the string instruments and the organs. Amen. Come on. Everything that hath breath, let Him praise the Lord. We have the right to testify publicly. And we better start taking it. Because someday we may not have it. What are you going to do? Come on, we need to begin to testify the goodness. Hey, I mean, the Bible says in Psalm twenty-two, twenty-two, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the congregation will I praise thee. While we have the freedom and the right to share the gospel, we need to get out there and spread the gospel. Hey, I mean, they're not afraid to spread every kind of ridiculous thing in the world. Let's not be ashamed to spread the good news. Listen, they have no, nobody has any problem, amen, to getting on TV and getting anywhere and yelling and screaming and, and telling, telling people to go to hell. But come on, I got good news. You don't have to. So the next time you hear somebody tell somebody that, go over to them and say, hey, I got good news. You don't have to. Because I know somebody that can set you free. Woo! Listen, the next time somebody tells you that, instead of getting angry and mad, just look at them and smile and go, But I don't have to because Jesus saved me. I get to go to heaven. Where are you going? But 
But say it real sweet or you, they might hit you. <laughs> Listen, yeah, yeah, worse. We have the right to anoint with oil. Is any sick among you? Call the elders of the church. Let them pray about anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. Listen, we have the right to lay hands on the sick. Jesus says, I give you authority. If somebody says you can't do it, say, but, I, I, but, but Jesus said I could. When the devil says you can't pray for them, the Lord's not listening to you. Nothing's going to happen. Come on, say, wait, wait, wait a minute. The Lord told me I could, and the Lord gave me authority, and the Lord said if I lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And so I don't believe you, devil. I believe the Lord. Who are you going to believe? You're believing the wrong person. He's telling you you're no good. You're never going to make it. You're going to be a failure. You're not going to succeed. Hey, you're going to fail in your job, fail in your marriage, fail your kids. You're not. Come on, stop believing the devil. He's a liar. Hey, man, come on, believe the Lord that says you're the head and not the tail. You're above only and not beneath. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hey, man, we are free. Let's start acting like it. We have the right. To allow the operation of the Holy Spirit to be in the house. He says when you come together. Every one of you hath a psalm. Hath a doctrine. Hath a tongue. Hath a revelation. Hath an interpretation. Come on let's begin to allow the Spirit freedom. There's a lot of churches. They don't give the Holy Spirit freedom. He doesn't get to move. He wants to. They got their own program. Listen, Holy Spirit, you have free reign in the Lord's house. Do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. Amen. Move how you want to. Let us be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Amen. We have freedom. We have freedom because men and women would rather die free than to live in slavery. And we have freedom from sin because a Savior died to see us free how horrible what a disgrace what a slap in the face for someone to pay a price for you and you to look at them and go I don't accept it but when we live like we're bound when we're free when we act like we're slaves when we're children we're heirs and joint heirs. We're no longer a slave to sin and death. But we are joint heirs with Christ Jesus. Amen. We are set on high. We are, amen, seated in heavenly places. Come on. Amen. We are His children. He loves us. Come on. Let's start acting like it. If you're free. If you're saved, if your sins are forgiven, if you're on your way to heaven, would you please tell your face? When we go out in the world, I mean, when people look at us, they need to say, I want what you have. Instead of shunning us going, is that contagious? You, you, you look ill. <laughs> Come on. Let, let, let's, let's, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you glad you're free? Are you glad that you're in America? Are you glad to be in the Lord's house where you're free to worship? Amen. You're free to sing or dance or clap or lift your hands or amen, just worship how you want.
want to. Aren't you glad?